Smith Elias. You just made the list. And feel the power. I am the game. Please welcome my guest, Daniel from the Sweet Chinwag podcast. Daniel, are you with me? I am I... with you. Thank you so much for uh, for having me here. It's absolutely fantastic to be here. It's a pleasure and a virtual high five to you. Can you virtual can you... high five? Yeah. In the back. That we did it. We made a, the slap noise. You know, like big meaty men slapping meat because exactly that's, that's what we love. That's what we're here to talk about because we love it. And uh, yeah, so guys, gals, everyone that's listening, thank you so much for uh, choosing to to join the Four Corners uh, podcast again. Keeping it kayfabe um, with my guest Daniel from the Sweet Chinwag, uh, Chinwag podcast. Got to get that right; it's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> um, I've been a fan of yours and, and your your podcast for a while now. Over the years, I've I've listened to to countless episodes. Very very interesting, very incisive, and, and I, what I love so much is that you all have such a good time. Um, are you okay to just give us a bit of a a background as to to how it began and where you're at with it now, and 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 just advise the listeners on some of your favourite episodes and moments so that they can go and and check out previous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to give a bit of background about how um, we started, um, it's a story I love, the door telling. <laughs> um, the the basic summary of it is um, coming into the uh, about 2019, I'd started getting more interested in wrestling again um, and had connected with uh, a lovely group of people through um, a really good friend of mine um, and a friend of theirs was getting into streaming um, and he had a Discord server running through all his streaming stuff and connecting people and whatever. Um, and through a party that I was invited to that they were all attending. Um, while I was there, I heard this lovely looking lanky man um, make a wrestling reference. And for me, being a wrestling fan that didn't have anything to talk to wrestling about, aside from maybe a small group of friends, but they were talking about stuff I hadn't known about, I wasn't paying attention to. Um, heard this man say this and all of a sudden my like my spidey senses for wrestling tingled and I was like who is he I need to know who he is uh, and that's how I met our lovely Sam <laughs> <laughs> um, everything happened with the uh, the pandemic and everyone was lost confused had no idea what they wanted to do and just kind of through this as I was kind of getting more into wrestling again um, Myself, Sam, and our friend Reardon um, had basically convinced our friend to make a section on his Discord server about sports because we all like football ourselves. We all talk about football and stuff. And we just kind of started flooding it with wrestling. <laughs> and basically at some point, it was uh, in about April 2020, um, our friend kind of pulled us off into a chat to the side and said, look, if you guys want to talk about wrestling all the time, like, why don't you just go start a podcast or something? And about 10 minutes later, I got a message from Sam that said, should we do it? And I figured that I had nothing better to do with my time uh, and that we should just go for it. <laughs> and that's how we ended up with this lovely, weird creation that we have now that's now been running nigh on two and a half years now i think it is um which is absolutely insane to me um as a podcast we've covered everything from obviously wrestling and really the the weird world that wrestling is because there's no real way to explain it other than just saying what it is um we've taken detours via British culture, um, the history of film and entertainment, social justice, um, tackling social issues, 
um, all the way through to having a whole section of an episode where I had to try and explain Mr. Blobby to an American. This is the kind of thing that wrestling creates. And it's been so incredible to be able to share my love of wrestling in this space with so many lovely people and the amazing guests and the amazing interviews that I've been able to do over the years. Um, every single opportunity is such <laughs> incredible fun and incredibly surreal to me that somewhere out in the world on the internet is a video of me uh, having a video interview with uh, Fred Rosser, formerly Darren Young of the Nexus. Um, it's been a thing which has been absolutely incredible and some personal highlights for myself in terms of what I think are some of the best things we've done. Um, the Great Wrestlers You Never Knew on Eddie Kingston, the Great Wrestlers series, which has been spearheaded by Sam from the start, um, talking about those incredible wrestlers who maybe don't get the recognition they deserve or have only been recognized recently, um, have been a whole bunch of fun to be involved in. Uh, in fact, we have one coming up soon on a wrestler called Ruckus, uh, who is well known if you've ever watched uh, a bit of CW or seen uh, a wrestling highlight video and they've never seen his name. Uh, for myself, some of my personal uh, <laughs> highlight episodes include uh, the one on the WWF European title, because that is my, uh, I say this completely unironically, I love that title. I think it's great. Um, so giving a moment to that has been great. Um, the history of TNA um, and our live watch along episode of uh, El Santo and Blue Demon versus the Monsters, which uh, if you ever wanted an introduction to Luchador film and Luchador cinema, there's a great place to start. What an amazing insight. Absolutely great story. <laughs> <laughs> that that last one, I'm uh, definitely going to have to check that out. So you're going to have to send me the link. Oh, absolutely. Um, I love I love the comment about the European title because <laughs> obviously I grew up in the Attitude Era. Yeah. And I think European champion at the time was Test, um, obviously no longer with us now. But I think Test was the European champion at one point. Shane McMahon was European champion. Yeah. Bigelow Brown was a yeah. fantastic. European champion and naked Midian, I think, yes. championship once. The, so. the European title occupies, uh, for, for many wrestlers, it, uh, for many wrestling fans, I should say, um, a very strange place. But I love it because of both everything it represented and everything it became, <laughs> which oh. is this weird stepping stone title to people who genuinely, for the most part, were brilliant wrestlers. And it's just this weird forgotten afterthought of the Attitude Era that I think is such a great idea and such a brilliant piece of weirdness in wrestling. And also, D'Lo Brown to get all the love he rightfully deserves. Absolutely. And a lovely guy as well. I mean, you had you had the hardcore title, obviously, which was your runaround title, but it felt like it meant something as well back yeah. in era you then had the european title which was i guess in between your hardcore and then of course in between the workhorse title that we all know is the intercontinental title yeah, there, yeah. There's, also, there's also a bit of love for the uh, hardcore title in myself being uh, what is affectionately known as a deathmatch rule and I'm, mm. I'm sure that the hardcore title had a part in that um as many people who know me will attest to uh, one of my favourite matches of all time is Raven versus Kane versus Big Show at WrestleMania 17. <laughs> I was going to comment. <laughs> I mean, how strong were those walls backstage that Kane and Big Show had to just throw themselves through? Um, you know, brilliant. And it was. And Raven was a great champion in, in the WWF, wasn't he? As oh, out, outstanding. Um, he is... I was going to say a confused mind, but that's not necessarily the right way to put it. He was, no. a square, he was a square peg, a very square peg in a very round hole. Very round hole. Um, I'll, I'll never forget, I was on the hunt for a Jack's Pacific Raven figure. And it was one of the rarest figures and I could never find it. And then the day 
that I came across it in the most random shop in the Bournemouth High Street. Uh, I was, I think I probably cried at the age of 10 when I found that figure. Um, amazing. But yeah, amazing stories from, from, from yourself. And I love that European title story. And th- there you go. Look, we've just gone off and, and, and spoke about that. And yeah, wonderful. Just wonderful story. Um, so, Daniel, thank you again for joining me on, on my podcast. Uh, I know you're a busy guy. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and talk to me about our top five champions of 2022. So saying that, what I mean is I've got five from Mm -hmm. across promotions. And again, if you know me like you know me, you know I'm a WWE guy, an AEW, New Japan guy. That's the main promotions that that I've focused on because that's what's given me my focus predominantly this year um, with how life and, and the way things have been so I've I've gone from those big promotions and I'm looking forward to hearing yours because I know your your, your love of wrestling is very different to mainstream effectively we'll, we'll put it that way yep. and also I'm extremely excited to discuss our top five favorite movies of mm-hmm. 2022 that should be a really interesting list and then we will, as a bonus question, just throw out there who we think is going to dethrone probably one of the greatest champions of all time, Roman Reigns. Um, so, yeah, again, thank you very much. So I want to I'm going to dive in and we're going to go yeah. of five champions. So I'm going to ask you, um, we'll take it in turns. I'm going to ask you to give me and it doesn't have to be in any specific order at all because I'm being selfish. I don't. <laughs> into order uh, i've got some honorable mentions that i want to shout out as well because yeah. finding five was difficult I, I so it, it's one of those tasks that we give ourselves and we wonder why we do it because it's so difficult because i know that the end of the year is coming up and everyone is doing their uh their lists and i am already dreading it <laughs> hopefully this episode can give someone an insight and they might go oh didn't think about that one because I think I've got one of those on here. Cool. Right. So, Daniel, in no particular order, give me your first of your top five champions of 2022. Uh, yeah. So, my, for my first one, I think this is going to be um, a relatively standard pick for most people. Obviously, it depends, you know where you fall on the side of things. And I know, obviously, it comes with a lot of complications. But I am going to say John Moxley. John Moxley, for me, this year, has basically been uh, what we might call the steering hand for AEW. In a year which has been both very high and very low, and brought with all kinds of... Uh, of uncertainty <laughs> um, it has been absolutely outstanding to see and we've seen him effectively take up the place as both the standard bearer for AEW but also just the, the comfortable hand he is a man that they can turn to when they need things to be put in their place is it the perfect position? no is it the perfect situation that you want? a title to be held under no but i think with what he's been able to do in terms of stabilizing things while everything's been going absolutely crazy and for my mind still having brilliant matches both in AEW and on the independence um and you know we can look we can look at the bcc as well as a collective as part of that but i i think he has been kind of everything that you want in a stand bearer someone that you can look to and say this is the man that we want to put our promotion behind and i think he is very well deserving of his place at the top of those lists i, I genuinely couldn't agree more with you i mean look at the year that i had and unfortunately with recent incidents and championship reigns injuries and what's gone on backstage john moxley has, has been the guy that 
the you know the owners of AW, the decision makers, have had to go to and turn to and go, listen, you really are the face of the co- the company. You are a guy. You are this champion. Um, a very very great choice, and I feel that he might not end the year as AEW heavyweight champion because he's going to full gear to face MJF, and that is going to be huge, huge. No, no, ab- absolutely. I don't, <laughs> I don't see him closing out the year in that way. I definitely see. I, I would completely understand AEW making that decision. But um, it's kind of like that thing of when things are uncertain and things are going crazy, you need someone that can provide a brief bit of calm, even if that comes in a man in the form of John Moxley. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he's just a great guy. And, and I love listening to his wife, uh, Renee's podcast as well. I listened to one today, actually, the Sean Spears interview. So um, go and check that out if anyone's listening. Um, I'm going to throw in my first choice, not my first choice, but, you know, one of my top five champions of 2022. And I'm going to throw this one out there because I'm, I'm hoping you haven't chosen it because I want this one to be a curveball and go, ah, I forgot about this one. Um, but I don't think you have forgotten about it because I know how you are on certain um, aspects. So I am going to go with Matt Cardona as the GCW heavyweight champion because I I will never forget that night that he won the title after getting absolutely battered by Nick Cage and the way he won that title and that crowd and everything that came after with Matt um, I just think he's elevated himself to absolute stardom and he's just a massive star he's a big star anyway Um, But I, I just feel he's just shown the world that he he is more than this smiley, this smiley guy that the WWE had him has. You know, he was a he was a, apart from that IC title win at Mania, he was a jobber. Um, yeah. He the guy's fantastic. He he's one of the best heels ever. His heel work is fantastic because he loves the industry. He understands the industry, and to me, that is the definition of a workhorse. So I yeah I I think he helped put GCW on the map a little bit, you know, as well yeah. with winning that championship. I think it was, I can't actually remember when it was. Um, it was very early in the year, if I'm right. Yeah, probably somewhere around February, maybe. Yeah, I think you might be right. And I remember watching, I remember watching the death matches and I'm really hoping that no one's listening that's going to quote me and go, listen, man, it was 2021. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was earlier this year. Um, so anyway, Matt Cardona. Yeah. I, I think one thing that was great about Cardona with that was that he took full advantage of the, of his situation. Oh, he, he knew who people were going to see him as when he came in and took advantage of it, and it's brilliant. Oh, absolutely. And and the guy's, you know, he, he's, he's, he's made himself, hasn't he? You know, obviously yeah. we've seen him in the UK um, at TNT recently. Um, it's been fantastic, hasn't it? It really has. Um, I am just going to just quote myself here. He beat Nick Cage in July 2021 for that title. Oh. I thought it was this year. What is That is not a good episode. Look at that. With my notes, how bad is that? But I'm sure <laughs> some point this year. Um, but okay. As a bonus, just in case anyone out there wants to nitpick me, okay, John Moxley's in my top five. Just in case I get quoted. So um, I'm being lazy. I'm being lazy. But anyway, back over to you. Who is your second uh, in your top five? Uh, I will go for my second one this year. Um, It's a little bit of a tough one because obviously um, everything's been a little bit strange but why don't we maybe just maybe go for a little bit of an completely wide outside shot this I'm going to go for this uh, is L. Linderman now I'm not expecting everyone that listens to this to know who L. Linderman is so I'll try and break this down for you (laughs) 
El Linda Man is a wrestler uh, in Japan uh, who is part of the faction of Strong Hearts, which are run by very well-renowned uh, independent wrestler, very well turned around Japan, Shima. And uh, he was chosen to become the centerpiece behind this new promotion idea, which is called Great. The easiest way to sum up Great is it takes inspiration from um, what was called old Japanese hybrid wrestling, which is kind of this weird mix of like wrestling and MMA. It's confusing. <laughs> Let me just like say that much out front. Um, and El Man coming out of this box has had a pretty damn good year. Um, most people will probably remember him for his run in New Japan um, that he had, albeit briefly, um, but even though he may not have had the most technically impressive championship reign, there are still good matches in there. Um, a personal favorite of mine is the match against Shigehiro Irie, who has been uh, brilliant this year in his own right as a wrestler. Um, but if you would like a taste of something a little bit different out there, El Linda Man is there for you. Either way, you can watch his matches in New Japan. They're all pretty damn great. I, I like this choice. Um, he's fairly new to me, and I've got a feeling that I, I've seen him um, this year. Um, was he a part of the best of Super Juniors? Yes. yes. Uh, what again? What goes without saying? That tournament is always fantastic. Um, has he also been in AW this year? Maybe on dark. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely from the best of the Super Juniors that I've seen him, and I was extremely impressed. Um, and then I think I started googling some matches and everything. What a choice that is. So everyone that's listening, uh, El Linderman, for sure. Um, I love that choice. There's a reason I asked you to come on this. <laughs> do top five, because as everyone knows, look, I'm WWE, AW, so none of my choices are going to be huge. Hopefully the Matt Cardona one, which was wrong, by the way, because we've got the wrong goddamn year. Yeah. Uh, but it's fine because everyone's friends here and we all understand what we're doing. So yeah. shoot me down all you want. Now, I am going to pick... My second, again, not in order. Um, I'm just working from my list that had to break down. Um, I'm going to go over to the E. Okay. Yep. I'm going to go in the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, um, I think it probably goes without saying. We all know him as Walter. I yep. think he had one of the best years of, of anyone probably ever. Um mm -hmm. I don't think he's necessarily brought the prestige back to the Intercontinental title because it's Triple H's WWE now. Triple H has, has put that title on, on Gunter. And I think Triple H understands what that means um, to, to, to fans. So for me, my one of my favourite champions of the year has to be Gunter because of yeah. the, the matches that he's had on predominantly on SmackDown as defending the, the, the title. But I'm really excited to see where they go with him from now up to WrestleMania. I can't see him losing or dropping the title. But he, he obviously may do what plans WWE have got for him. But he's for sure got a spot on the Mania card. And, oh, and yeah. I, I really hope it's as the IC champion. But I'd love to see Walter, sorry, Walter, Gunther drop Lesnar at WrestleMania because I feel the story... Imperium getting destroyed by Lesnar, you know, Giovanni Vinci and um, Marcel Barthel. I, I can yeah. never remember his name. In roster for some reason, that's terrible of me. Um, but yeah, I think the lead up to that, a bit like when Lesnar was against Team Angle or, uh, you know, at WrestleMania 19, the lead up was great. I feel that they could do something like that. But anyway, uh, Instacon champion Gunther is, is, is my, in my top five. Absolutely. I can't picture them doing a year like how they are without talking about him because he's been outstanding yeah well he's a, just a he's an anomaly as well isn't he yeah. oh yeah ab absolute freak of nature in the best way he's a he's just a legit athlete and he, he just gets the business so yeah i i, I was pleased with that choice um 
over to you. It's it's number three time for you. Yeah. Um, so I will say I did have Volta. I still prefer to call him that um, in my long list. Um, I think for this one, I think I might stay uh, in Japan for a little bit to talk about who I potentially believe. Oof, well, it's, I was going to say it's a statement to say that. It really, it kind of isn't, but I get that it is. I'm running myself in circles. Okay. <laughs> um, I will go for uh, the current Wonder of Stardom champion, uh, Shuri. Um, incredibly impressive year, both in terms of just the matches, which have been outstanding pretty much across the board. Um, consistently um, excelling consistently proving the level that women's wrestling can really be at um the the difference in what stardom offers going all the way through to then um being involved with the stardom new japan crossover show um really stand standing herself out as a major player um if you if you care about things like that picking up the uh, PWI 150 for women number one spot um, and having been champion for however many months it has been now um, securing herself as probably one of the best women's wrestlers if not the best in the world right now <laughs> I, um, I'm looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom already yeah the Stardom Women's Championship will be defended, won't it? Um, you'll have to remind me again, um, because Stardom is something that I've, I've never subscribed to. So keeping up with everyone's names, but I'm led to believe that Kyrie Kyrie Sane um, has an opportunity, maybe at getting to Wrestle Kingdom, if I'm right in saying that. Uh, yes, um, I believe it's it as part of the. Um, uh, the IWG, the IWGP Women's Title. Yes, that's... which is uh, the Stardom Belt that's being defended on New Japan shows as part of like a crossover. I, I'm excited for that. We've been, I think as fans, we've been crying out for New Japan to to have inclusion on their shows. Um, I think it's probably time to do stuff. But having Stardom highlighted, I think they had a tag team match. Um, last Wrestle Kingdom on the pre-show. Yeah, so they had um, they had the two pre-show matches, I believe, um, and then obviously we're going into um, this crossover event. I believe there's also a mixed tag happening on that event as well. Right. Um, which I believe they were doing like a team of the Ace of Stardom and Tanahashi, which I believe they paired Utami and. Tanahashi together for a team, something like that. But yeah, there's there's um, a lot of cool stuff happening right now um, that comes along with. Um, I believe I believe it's all focused around that. I can't remember if they're doing the IWG the the weird TV title, but it's not a TV title thing. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a strange one for me, um, the TV title one. Um, but um, who who's Who's actually in that? I can't remember. All I can remember is that Zack Sabre Judy is in it. <laughs> of course. Of course it's Zack. So Zack wins. Zack needs gold. He needs gold, doesn't he? It, that... It's called giving Zack another title. That means we don't have to give him the main event scene. Yeah, I was. I, <laughs> I thought after winning multiple um, King of Rest, uh, no, the, oh my goodness, there's so many out there, isn't there? Yeah. Even having a mind blank. But the, the knockout tournament, He's won it two yeah. years. Ago. I think he's beaten Naito in the final and all sorts, hasn't he? But yeah, um, looking forward to that. Is that also that that crossover show? Is that Osprey versus um, Shota Umino as well? For the uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. That'll be good. Shota's look good. I've seen him at Red yes. Pro um, live, and he's looked very, very good. So that's that's oh, brilliant! Another banging choice. Um, blimey, am I on to my number three? Uh, yes. So. This is where it's going to get a little bit interesting. And this one will be probably debatable for some and probably I'll get called biased and fingers will point at me <laughs> and all sorts. But I'm heading over to AEW, to the Tony Khan promotion. 
and I'm going to go for someone that's unbeaten. And her name is Jade Cargill, and she is the TBS champion. Um, I have chosen Jade. I love everything about Jade. I, oh, yeah. She can she can talk, she can walk, she can wrestle. She she is a legit athlete. You know, a bit like Bianca Belair over, mm-hmm. over in WWE. But for me, Jade Cargill has everything that uh, she's everything that WWE could would want in a in a female main event talent. Jade is has everything. Has oh, yeah. Jade had a standout match yet? I'm not so sure. I did like her match with Ty Conti uh, in the year. I think it was at Revolution, I think. Um, but, yeah, I, I love everything about Jade. I think she's 41-0, and 0, something like that. Um, I, I do own a Jade Cargill T-shirt because Jade Cargill. As you should. But yeah, as anyone should. Um, I urge anyone to hit up AW Shop right now and get a Jade Cargill T-shirt. Um, but, yeah, Jade is my number three choice in top five champions of 2022 so yeah daniel number four please you'd absolutely brilliant choice absolutely brilliant choice it was kind of as i got to here that things got a little bit more well i was gonna say a little bit more difficult a little bit more um, I guess we might say uh, confusing, but I'm just gonna kind of say for his general body of work over, um, kind of over 2022, I'm gonna say Bobby Lashley. Was it the most incredible? Was it the most like? absolutely insane you know year if we might say like just pure quality wise i mean obviously there was that weird like stopgap champion run in the middle of everything but i really feel like this has been a year in which uh, bobby lashley has solidified um himself in the wwe um solidified his position um and really kind of had an opportunity to stand himself out on his own yes in terms of the actual numbers it's not the most incredible reading but i still think he's actually done a lot to making a big case for himself um as we look towards kind of the the level of people out here right now the caliber and as we kind of look at his talent as a whole like i said has it been the most incredible thing ever maybe not but i still think this has been a really really solid year for him and i would definitely still keep him uh, in my running thinking about the top champions in wrestling of this year couldn't, couldn't agree more could not agree more um he's 45 years old yeah so um I think he was WWE champion last year. Um, he beat. Oh, did he lose to Lesnar at Rumble earlier in the year? There was a screw job going on, wasn't there? I, I can't mm-hmm. quite. Like my memory for ninety nine two thousand is like unmatched, <laughs> but I can't remember two thousand and twenty two, even though we're talking about it. But I, I do agree with you. Bobby Lashley's been great. It's a bit of a shame he's lost the US title recently, but I yeah. do understand it. If you're feuding with Lesnar from now, probably until Mania, you don't need to be a champion. And, you know, they didn't just take it off him in a silly manner. They've given it to Seth Rollins. So not not a bad dude to take the US title from. But yeah, I love that choice, um, Bobby Lashley. So after so that was your choice number four. Yes. I am intrigued by your five, but I I have two slots left. I've got a number four and a number five, and I've got three names written down. Mm-hmm. One of these names is in serious trouble. Ah, right. I'm, I'm going to throw it at you. I am going to select one of my favorite wrestlers, like in the world today, mm-hmm. who I 
absolutely adore watching. I think he's had a stellar year. He hasn't been a champion much of the year, but he started the year as champion. He defended the championship successfully inside the Tokyo Dome. Mm -hmm. My champion was the NJPW Junior Heavyweight Champion, El Desperado. I've been a fan of Despi for years. And when he finally um, won the junior heavyweight tag titles with um, Kanemaru, I loved it. I just loved everything about them. And then Despi went on this bit of a singles run. He had like a cult following. Yep. Um, he got unmasked, came out in that white attire uh, mid-2021. Um, he's had death matches all over. He's faced John Moxley this year. Music City Mayhem, which was a banger. Um, but really, I remember watching Wrestle Kingdom January the 4th earlier this year. I had my old Desperado t shirt on because I'm a t shirt nerd. Mm-hmm. And the title against, um, um, my goodness me, um, Taka, uh, Takahashi. Yep. Uh, Takahashi. And I, I again, I, it was just felt like it was going to be another title change, just one of those matches. And Despy won. Despy defended the title inside the Tokyo Dome, and I was buzzing. And that will that will live me with me forever because when my favourites win big matches like that, when you when it's unexpected, it just means more to me. So my choice number four is El Desperado. Absolutely um, outstanding pick, and yeah, shout out to the the weird cult following that uh, Desperado has around the US and the UK. <laughs> Love it. I'm looking out for one of those plushies. Those those elders always plushies. They cost a lot of yen, and I'm yes. <laughs> right now to get from. But when I've saved up my yen, I'm ordering a Despi plushie. So Hell yeah! And that's got a spare Despi plushie. They want to post over to me. Listen, I'll be your friend for life. <laughs> <laughs> so um, number five for you. Wow. So get, drum roll. Anyone drum roll? I'm not going to do this now. I like you see. So well equipped. This is why I got this <laughs> show. <laughs> number um, five, Daniel from the Sweet Chimney. Number five. <laughs> um, number five for me uh, really hits on one of those points in wrestling that you you kind of always want to see. And that's the moment when someone takes the step up. Someone improves, someone becomes better. And obviously, one part of wrestling I think we can both agree that we've loved this year was uh, Konosuke Takeshita's excursion in AEW, which was outstanding. <laughs> um, but with that, a hole was left in DDT. The ace was gone and while the promotion has been doing absolutely brilliantly in terms of the wrestling, um, Akiyama has aged and is not quite even what he was last year and doesn't want to take that place anymore while still being involved with them. Um, Past stars are in other companies. It is time for someone to take that step up. And kind of broadly across um, October of this year, there was... Uh, a man who did step up. And that man's name is Kazusada Higuchi. Higuchi, for the most part, has always kind of been uh, not necessarily spinning his wheels, but always kind of been ever so slightly uh, outside of the top. Picking up the title all the way back in uh, July was not brilliantly received, but people were fine with it. And then in uh, October of this year, he had a match with uh, Yukio Sakaguchi. And from that one match, it was like everything had stepped up. Everything had improved. And he had, in this kind of, in this match, he'd become the man to lead this company for this time while they were stuck without any of their real big poster people. He has 
pushed himself to the front. He has stepped up. He has had absolutely brilliant matches, including a fantastic tag match. Uh, but in that title match, it was like the the perspective had all of a sudden just like shifted. He was no longer just this guy who was leaving a bit to be desired, just wasn't quite there yet. He he had made it. He had made his point. And it has been so incredible to see um, just what he has been able to step up and do and look at DDT and say, the future is quite bright. <laughs> wow. wow. That is... That is a wrestling lesson right there. Now, for someone that's not as clued up on DDT as, as I'd like to be, obviously, I wish that I could be watching Chris Brooks a lot more. Um, yeah. Uh, and Drew Parker. Is Drew Parker still over in DDT? Yeah, he's still he's still making appearances um, over there every now and then. Good, good. I'm a big fan, by the way, big fan. Um, never really watched a lot of DDT. Again, highlights, but but learning about Kashishado Higuchi there, um, I was straight on Wikipedia, just reading championships, accomplishments, highlights, um, and just by, I can hear the passion in, in you talking about that. I'm, I I'm, cannot I'll, say enough good things about uh, the Saki Gucci match. <laughs> I think this is things that I need to know. So you're going to have to slide into my DMs. I'll see, I mean, if, I can, I'll see if I can find a completely legal link. I mean, you're going to have to. I mean, I said slide into my DMs. We're already in each other's DMs right now anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. We're, we're all friends here. Um, I love that. And listeners, are, I'm pretty sure that you guys enjoyed that because the passion from Daniel, uh, just I could I could listen to you talk about Higuchi all evening because <laughs> that was passionate. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for bringing so much insight to this this podcast. Um, I, I just love that you, you care. So thank you so much. Um, I need to give you my number five. Yes. I need to give everyone my number five. Um, it was a difficult choice uh, between two. And there's, there's going to be a reason I'm leaving out one of these people. Um, I'm going to tell you exactly who I'm leaving out. Um, Roman Reigns um, yeah. goes without saying. Obviously, probably one of the greatest champions of all time in the WWE. Um, but I'm leaving him out because I have to make space for my guys, the top guys. FTR are the current reigning New Japan World Tag Team Champions. Um, I have watched the mechanics, the revival. Through NXT, through 2015-ish, mm-hmm. uh, I just loved their work. Um, I used to just tune into NXT every week and watch every single takeover just for revival matches. And seeing them, when they, I was gutted when they left WWE because I thought, I'll never see these guys wrestle again. And then AEW takes these guys on. And then, you know, the forbidden door. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. One of my favorite promotions in the world is New Japan. What if FTR find themselves doing World Tag League um, eventually or, or wrestling inside the Tokyo Dome? Now, one of those things is definitely coming true. I think they're going to be wrestling inside the Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. They're not in World Tag League because that structure has changed recently. Um, it's no longer like two blocks. I think it's one block of 10, um, which I think is, is even better. Um, but yeah, FTR for me fully deserve this because they are tag team wrestling and i cannot wait to see them walk out and i will probably get emotional i'm 33 years old and i'm going to cry about men walking out of the tokyo dome probably i'll get emotional because i know how it feels for both cash and dax mm-hmm. it is their family and what everything they've done so january the 4th send me some tissues guys because ftr in my opinion are going to face aussie open inside the tokyo dome and it is going to blow those Japanese fans away um, on January the 4th. But FTR, round off my top five champions. So, guys, thank you, obviously, for listening to that section. We want to hear your top five. We want to know by the end of the year, who are you selecting as your top five favourite champions of 2022? Certainly not Matt Cardona from 2021. So, take a page out of my book. But, yeah, top five from 2022 um 
I'm we're going to move on um, and I'm, I'm a little bit conscious of time because I know we're both very busy individuals and we want to keep listeners engaged so we are going to move on um, to our top five movies of 2022. Um, this was this was fairly easy for me. Um, there's a lot of things in my list that I, I wanted to enter my top five before I'd seen them. Um, for example, I went to the I went to the cinema last night. I went to watch um, the Banshees of Inisherin, and I wanted this to get into my top five. I, I was gagging for this movie to get in my top five because of how good In Bruges, In Bruges was with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, and it falls way short for me. I was disappointed. Um, it's it's not going to be for everyone, uh, and I urge anyone that's going to go and watch it to not compare it to In Bruges but it just fell short for me and i came out thinking what have i just watched so thank goodness i had a nice burger uh, and popcorn to assist me to get me through the <laughs> but anyway uh, spoiler alert it does not make my top five so um dan what i'm going to do this time i'm going to ask you and again in yep. no particular order give me in one hit your top five favorite movies of 2022 Cool, yeah, to hit them all off in one hit. The first one I'm going to go for is Prey. I really like seeing the quite inventive take on both the monster movie, uh, but also the kind of predator, alien versus predator formula. Um, it was very refreshing in uh, a series which I both love, but also I just become incredibly stale. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Prey was just absolutely awesome, and I had a great time watching it. Um, uh, I would also like to put on uh, Boiling Point. As an actual film, it's not the most impressive. Um, it's, not, it's certainly nothing like a technical marvel or anything. But uh, as a person who has worked in the food service industry in the past, um, it's quite nice and refreshing to just see someone put it as it is. To just be there and say this this world is far more brutal than you can imagine, or that you even think it is, and it, it's a, it's a really good piece of kind of like nicely realistic theatre. Um, I'm also going to put uh, Elvis on there. Austin Butler puts in an absolutely outstanding performance. Um, and they do really well at tackling the the style of the biopic, which can often be quite boring, um, and putting it rightly in the frame that you only can for Elvis. Um, I'd then like to go for uh, a film which, a personal favorite of mine for the year, will probably stay up in that kind of that top three-ish range. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once. It is a love letter to so many different things that I love from just being absolutely crazy to um, a bunch of love letters to different worlds and aspects of um, Cantonese film, Chinese film, martial arts films, um, and everything that kind of comes along with that. It tackles a whole bunch of stuff. It hits you over the head with just how it is and all the different things that it tries to do. And yes, you could say that it is maybe a little bit too much in a little bit too little time, but I think that kind of works in its favor. My top film, though, and I'm going to keep this at the top, and it's probably going to stay at the top. Um, I personally think that Jordan Peele has hit it out of the park again with Nope. It's maybe a little less of what we've come to expect from um, Get Out and from Us, uh, and maybe a little bit more on the nose, a little bit more um, taking you on a little bit of a ride and leaving you with some questions afterwards. But it's really cool in the way that it tackles the ideas it goes for. It's really cool in the way that it, it visually does this. Um, and it's really cool just in the way that it provides a nice kind of end piece to all these lovely films that we managed to put together and kind of build up what we can look at as like the Jordan Peele style. Love, love, love that list. Love it. Um, Willing Point, fantastic movie. Like, yeah. 
filmed in one shot, wasn't it? That whole yeah. the escalation from the kitchen, you know, oh, just what a, what a movie. And Stephen Graham is fantastic in that. Oh, one absolutely of, outstanding in it. One of my favourite ever performances. Um, I think, to be honest with you, the reason I've left that one off my list is because I think I saw it at the back end of 2021. Um, but what a movie an absolute amazing movie that that was um everything oh what was it called uh, uh everything everywhere uh all at once I've, I've yet to see it i've yet to see it um it's on my list of of to watch um i think i missed it in the cinema i think it sort of came in and went out pretty quickly um but i know it's available to to watch on itunes and, and wherever so it is on my list of things to do um nope bang and shout by the way um i went to the cinema i went on my own no one else was interested well basically they just turned around to me and said nope um i a big fan of jordan peele like us for me just beats get out just because i really like lapita nyongu as well yeah. um she's incredibly cute um um, yeah, loved us. So was intrigued by Jordan Peele, and I felt the movie just had everything that you needed in the cinema. I feel the the, the ending a, a little bit for me. I'm not going to give anything away. I just felt the ending. Yeah, I, I can't say too much, but but everything yeah. up to that, the tension. I I just felt there was one scene, you know, where it's over the top of the house, and the house then becomes red. Okay, I'm not saying too much, but just wow in the cinema i loved it can't wait to rewatch it and i'm saving it for my christmas week off yeah so um jumping into my top five um and i think i am going to try and put these into a bit of an order um but sorry without putting them into an order i'm going to leave my favorite i'm going to put my number one at the top mm -hmm. give you that one last um i'm going to match something you said pray um as a big fan of the alien predator franchise um growing up loving those movies watching prey on disney plus on that friday of release day um you know oh, what a movie i just loved the predator that they used for it i can't remember the name of of the predator that they used uh feral feral predator i think maybe um oh, just i thought it was shot beautifully some of the kills were magnificent Ah, oh, what what a fine move that was! I watched it straight away again the next morning. It was that good. So I watched Prey twice within twenty four hours. Don't care. Ultimate geek mood was on there. Um, I'm going to then move on to something that I was never that bothered about. Um, I didn't want to go and see it until my mate like was like, we we just need to do it in the cinema and then we've done it. We need to tick it off and it's done. Um, and it was Top Gun Maverick. Um, yeah. I never understood Top Gun. Now, because Top Gun came out in 88, 87, 88, I'm an eight child. So the eight I was not watching Top Gun. And then I think I'd, I'd missed it and it had moved on. Anyway, so I went and watched Maverick and it was quite incredible on the big screen. Had everything, action, emotion, the soundtrack, everything you need from a cinematic experience. I've watched it a ton of times since the movies. Yeah, so Top Gun Maverick is in my top five. Wonderful, wonderful movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick. Um, mm, I'm going to get a little bit of slack for this. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. I, I went into the cinema knowing what I'm going to get. I was intrigued by by um, Gore, the God Butcher. Um, I, and I'm a big fan of of Christian Bale, so I was I was really looking forward to that. Um, we knew that Mighty Thor, um, Jane, was going to make an appearance. Mm -hmm. I just felt the film had everything I needed from a cinematic Thor experience. I was laughing my head off at the goats every time they'd scream. Um, I, it, for me, it ran perfectly. Yes, there were holes in it. Of course there were. It was no Ragnarok. Of course it wasn't. But it was great fun in the cinema. So Thor Ragnarok, for me, is in there um i'm gonna put this movie now um in there it's very close to my heart for very different reasons um the batman yes i this was one i had contemplated putting on my list because i kind of didn't expect to like it as much as i did 
I mean, with a three hour runtime, and I won't go into too much detail as to why it's so high on my list, but this movie came at a time that I really needed it to. Mm-hmm. And I went to the cinema on a Saturday night late and I sat in there for three hours and I, and just, oh, just the move. I needed that movie at that time in my life. Um, listen, I went on like a date with the person I'm with now to see this movie and it just came at the right time and I never expected to go on a date to see this movie um, with this person who I'm who I'm who I'm with now so yeah it, it's very dear to me that movie I'll never forget that night and that that movie itself, it was just so good it was Batman it was a detective movie mm. Colin Farrell was fantastic you know just everything about it the greatest Riddler I've ever seen and he didn't do a lot he didn't need to but yeah the Batman is there but my number one movie, and again, I don't think I'll get slack for this one, Dan, but yeah. people will look at it and go, hmm, really? Number one? Um, Bullet Train. Yeah. I, again, cinema. I came out buzzing. Did I go again the next day? No, I didn't. But I had it booked on my Odeon Limitless card. I didn't go the next day. <laughs> But I instead bought it. It's downloaded on my iPad. It's downloaded on my MacBook. And I'm watching it all the time. I love the bullet train. It had absolutely everything. Even our good wrestling buddy, Bad Bunny, was in that movie. Um, So much fun. Just, I thought the casting was incredible. The journey was just amazing. Um, If you haven't seen it, guys, again, this is not really about spoilers. Bullet train, go and check it out. so that that's my top five. Bullet Train is my number one, and I think we've just established that we both like the same kind of movies. <laughs> so, in the good words of Colin, Farrell, hang on, who am I talking about? Uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. I think we've just become best friends. Probably. <laughs> uh, we're not going to go and build bunk beds though <laughs> on this podcast. Um, Dan, it's been it's been really fun to just chat top fives with you, movies, wrestling. Thank you. Um, but before we go, I have got one bonus question. Yes. Uh, and obviously, Roman Reigns has been running WWE for 800 days now. Mm-hmm. Um, big question. And I want listeners to engage with this as well, because I want you to send in anyone that's listening. I want you to just just tweet, tweet the show. Hashtag Four Corners Podcast. Um, who do you guys think or who do you want to dethrone Roman Reigns. Um, so, yes, yeah, tweet that into us. Um, but, Dan, who will dethrone Roman Reigns? This is one of those questions where I'm stuck between who I want and who I think will. Because I have two options for who I want. One of them is uh, Bron Breaker. And I know this sounds stupid, but you have to understand, I just like Scott Steiner a lot. So having a physical regen of Scott Steiner would be brilliant, but I also imagine that Triple H would not be happy at allowing that to happen, which is a whole separate thing. The other one on that hand is Sami Zayn. I love Sami. For many reasons. But I think that him picking up the title in that way of having this connection with Roman, which has been so amazing and it's probably some of the best stuff WWE's done in a long while um having him win in that fashion would be absolutely outstanding for me the question of who i think will really comes down to what exact direction they take because for a long time i had been expecting that it might actually be jay uso <laughs> But I don't know that that's necessarily the case anymore. So I was kind of thinking about things. I I have a feeling that if it was still Vince, it probably would have been Austin Theory. But something weirdly in my mind tells me it might be Seth Rollins. I don't know why. There's just this thing in my head that keeps coming back to Seth Rollins. Maybe it's just the way WWE do stuff, or maybe it's just the way I'm thinking about things, but there's just something in the back of my head. Every time I think about this question, who's going to beat Roman Reigns for the title? I come back to Seth Rollins. 
I love this. I, I absolutely love this because we've never spoken. I don't think I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone who's going to dethrone champion this this month because we've never had a champion this dominant in our really in our era, have we? You know, um, so having to discuss it in depth, the excitement of of who's going to dethrone women is really there. I I like your thought with Jay Uso. I think it's there because the bloodline story began inside Hell in a Cell in that yeah. incredible Hell in a Cell match, which was one of the greatest stories I've ever seen told inside a squared circle it started there it could end there couldn't it it really could um the sammy zane one i love um i mean i, I personally feel it will be zane and ko versus the use toes mm-hmm. yeah if it's not the paul brothers um so I, but i love i'd love to see sammy zane win that title um would it be on a main event mania main events scale i don't know um Oh, Seth Rollins, you know, I thought I genuinely thought earlier in the Rumble this year uh, when he came out as Shield Seth, the mind games. Mm. I watched that match the other day, incredible. Um, I, I'd love to be my favorite WWE guy. Um, I'd love to see that. I'm sure they'll go down that route. I do think they'll be safe, um, but I think they will because it's Triple H, it will be a it'll be a good safe, not a Vince McMahon safe. Um, yeah think and i think people want it i think it's going to be a triple h style return at the rumble for cody rhodes yeah and i feel that cody will main event wrestlemania and dethrone roman reigns because i'm not sure on the rocks schedule um yeah everything with that's very up in the air i know but i also like i i can completely understand the idea of Cody doing it. This is like a whole thing before where me and the guys had floated the idea of Volta doing it, which we know wouldn't happen. They're not at this point. Um, and not in the fashion that we would expect or kind of ideally picture the match being. Um, but I think we've, we, ever since Cody's return, um, I feel like we've kind of been edging further and further towards that point. And I think Triple H sees that. He kind of sees the vision behind it. Triple H knows exactly what he's doing, and you can see the pattern is changing, booking at the ends of pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. I mean, but what we haven't mentioned and who we haven't spoken about is Bray Wyatt in that Yes. Is there still a, you know, a, a, so many question marks hanging over, what is he doing? I mean, what's who's Uncle Howdy? What, what's going on with that story? And I like the fact they're dropping it out. Um, yeah. At some point, we're going to need answers because it's going to become stale. Yeah, eventually, eventually we will. And I mean, something I really like about Bray's creative process that he's really into wide-reaching, far-pulling storylines. I've always kind of said though, I would much prefer Bray Wyatt or whatever character he has envisioned for this to be more of a acting on their own decisions. Titles aren't like their focus. It's about like personal things. That would be much better in my mind. It might be different for some people. Some people might want to see Bray uh, with the belt under Triple H's creative guidance. Yeah, I mean, look, when you look back at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view where he hit Sister Abigail and AJ Styles and won the championship, what a moment. Still get goosebumps now. I'll get them. Yeah. Just bad. But then when you have him as the Fiend, yes, he beat Seth. It was time to do that at Crown Jewel. But then the championship was very disappointing. Um because we all knew at some point it had to end. It ended a very strange, frustrating way, didn't it? Um, but that's for another day. Um, Daniel, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much for taking your busy time out or schedule for, for for coming on to my no, podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's always fun to be doing this and always fun to be talking wrestling and being able to share all this amazing stuff with people let's be honest <laughs> um listen um give um sweet chin wag podcast a shout out uh, so you can just tell my listeners and, and viewers um where they can find you across the social medias where can they listen um to your podcast and what have you got coming up on your podcast yeah absolutely um you can find us on twitter uh, at sweet chin wag we'll be there probably until the dying deaths 
Um, you can also find us on Instagram at Sweet Chimwork Podcast, all one word. Um, we are on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, we are currently uh, on the back end of our special feature month for Black History Month. Um, we've just done a couple episodes on people such as Teddy Long, uh, Jazz, D'Lo Brown, and Bad News Brown. We've got a, a great rest of this episode coming up on Ruckus. If you're ever interested in uh, cruiserweight wrestlers of the early 2000s indies, you're set. Um, and then coming up soon, we have a special feature uh, of various guests that will be joining us all the way uh, through to Christmas. Uh, so you can stay tuned and see even more of the lovely people we've had the chance to meet um, through our wrestling and podcasting journey. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, just before we go, I, I did recently listen to your Royal Rumble um, predictions and um, favourite Royal Rumble moments and best and worst of the Rumble. Yes. Uh, I, I love that show. I had a lot of fun. But what I loved about it so much is actually listening back to the predictions like eight, eight or nine months, 11 months on from the pay-per-view. And some of you weren't far out. <laughs> really fun so um guy you know i'd love to see more of those for, for whatever but yeah anyone that's listening um go and listen to that episode because it was a lot of fun and maybe watch the 2022 rumble and then listen to that episode because these guys know their stuff so anyway sure they're brilliant companion pieces we've always said we have this really amazing weird serendipity with things that seem to happen um our current highlight is heralding the return of jeff jarrett to wrestling this year so um you know you can thank us for that past outlaw touch i think he's an absolute genius um although i thought his promo life wasn't the greatest but hey ho um he is the or he can do whatever he wants and we all love tna in 2003 2004 oh yeah we we all we all love tna every time every time i hear the brie woo brie woo it's it's on it's it's on it's absolutely on but listen dan Thank you so much again. You've been an absolute pleasure of a guest. Can't wait to speak to you again. But from me, the Four Corners Keeping It Cafe podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, peace out. Yeah.